Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What is up, guys? We are doing intros. We're actually in Club 200 doing our intros. And if you listen weekly, thanks again for being here. If you clicked on this episode because this episode interested you and you'd never listened before, Mm -hmm. welcome. Um, You know, Trey and them are calling in. We don't really do a lot of call-in podcasts anymore, but Trey's a buddy. Everybody's a buddy. Franco, Braden, they're all buddies, and we all great be- dudes. We believe and love what they are about and what they do. So if you're interested in this Outfitters Academy, by all means, uh, hit them up. So uh, let's get let's get the business. Let's pay the bills. Let's get the business out of the way. So the reason why we're doing this at Club 200 is because if we don't do our intros or ad reads or promo plugs. At the time of the podcast, which normally we have people in studio now, so we don't like to do it while they're there. It just seems kind of like, all right, sit through my commercials. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. So we always end up doing them in post. And if I'm by myself, I do them by myself. And I figure it'd be more fun to do them while we're here. We're going to do a BS We're podcast having fun. Tonight. This is fun. Are you having fun, we're, Doug? Yeah, we're having fun. All right, Doug, you're going to do all these ads. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Doug, tell me about Elite Archery. Um, they're Elite our title Archery, sponsor, actually. The most shootable bow. Oh, yeah, the shootability challenge. Shootability challenge. Take it. Love it. Be it. Elite Archery. Yeah, thank me later. Here. Tell me about Big Time. <laughs> Big Time. Food plots. Um, mineral. Seed. Okay, what else? Feed, make your deer bigger. Be happier. Okay. You know what our code is at Big Time? Um, WCB 2023. 20, Good job. Look at Whoa. you. Doug knows things. Right, yeah, <laughs> Big Time. Believe him. Hunt I want to say I got a I got a uh, – Ross is here, everybody, from the intro. <laughs> So I've got a koozie I just found today in one of my trucks, and I pulled it out, and it said uh, Big Tine. Um, Big Tine's like your deer feeder. Always keep it, yeah, always keep it full. Basically talking about the koozie. Sorry. Mm. Mm. I like that. Okay. Tell me about Huntworth, Doug. Uh, Huntworth. Favorite Huntworth product? Uh, The hoodie with the face mask. Mm. Yeah. By far. Shelton Shelton hoodie, yeah. It's it's probably – I'd say that's the most loved, most versatile. I gotta make sure your volume's up. It's so slick. It is nice. The Shelton hoodie, lightweight. You can get it really. 
Especially um, during turkey season. Yeah, we rock it and tarnin. It's lightweight. Lightweight. Code WCB15 at HuntworthGear.com. And uh, Old Barn Taxidermy. Are you guys taking your turkeys to the Old Barn? I need to kill a Merriam or an Osceola. I just stopped by Old Barn yesterday, and Sam was Ooh. working on a couple turkeys, and it was they're so good. You it got to see the Geyerbuck mount too, and I got to see the Geyerbuck mount. I, it is, I mean, it is show showpiece. I mean, you, museum museum quality. It is unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. I saw it. Um, they just had it mounted. I didn't yeah. see any of the finish work done. Yeah, I went and picked up my dad's deer, and they're all, they're really similar in the the style of uh, the mount. But yeah, the Geyerbuck is insane. Love it. I love I can't it. Can't wait to see that. Check man. out Old Barn. He's got. He's wanted to do more turkeys. So hit him up. Tell him WCB sent. Yeah, I imagine this fall we're going to do the uh, game head, um, a shoulder mount giveaway again. To say you're a WCB listener when you go, then he'll put you in the giveaway. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Trophy Line. Um, check out the Trophy Line Turkey Hunt video on Trophy Line's YouTube. That's up now. We killed it. Douglas. We did great. We did. You're the best-looking turkey hunter. They're actually turkey hunts in his photo shoots. Yeah, dude. Um, it just comes naturally, which I feel bad people don't have that. But, you know, it is but you what do. it is. So fuck them. So. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, the sorry. podcast is also brought to you by Novix Tree Stands. So we have your ultra mobile, your super mobile, you know, however you want to like classify it, whatever side of the game you're on. We're both, we lean both ways. Everybody can get it. Saddles, <laughs> yeah, tree yeah, stands. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We're about it. We're about American made quality when it comes to our sticks and platforms. <laughs> and speaking of American made quality, we're talking loophole 10 by 42s, 12 by 50s. 10 by 42. Okay. I like them all. I go both ways. Yeah. Depends on where you're at. Depends where you're at. Who you're with? Rangefinders, loving that. Loophole, Camel Fire, Black Ovis. You can use our code at Black Ovis WCB on products that we're not even sponsored by. I bet you don't even use it. You guys, you guys won't. Yeah, what do you want from us? We're here giving you the best deals, and you're ignoring us. Um, Also, Grizzly Coolers and Drinkware, Dialed Archery Sights, the new Arxos. You just got a new one in, Doug. Yeah. How you, get, how you getting sights behind my back, bro? I didn't know you and Eric are getting You got to know somebody, dude. <laughs> I guess so. What the fuck? <laughs> I need it for my bear trip. Yeah, it's I know. It's two weeks. I know. We got to get shooting, boys. Yeah. Tuned in. And Thermoseat. Thermoseat really shines for us um, during D-wedge turkey season. season. It's, it's D-Wedge season, baby. S-Z-N. My wedge is deed. All right. That's it. I want to get through these real quick. Why you got to do that? Hey, you got a veteran shout out? You're here? Oh, shit. Ross, what have you been up to, man? You're not on this podcast, but you're in the. Oh, is this a tick? I, yeah, I'm just here oh, for the yes. intro. Yes, that's a tick. Yeah, that's, that's a little baby. Doug's yeah. lit- oh, it's in me. Doug no, is literally picking ticks Ow. off himself right now while podcasting. It's fine. <laughs> Put it in your beer and drink that motherfucker. Yeah, I'll give you a dollar to eat it. Here, take that. I got to do this. Veteran here, hold out. this tick. Take, I gotta hold hold, tick. I'll hold your tick for you. Did you get it? <laughs> no, I didn't get it yet. Oh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Ew. I got to cuddle with this. God, that thing was latched. Come on. He is putting in a beer. That thing's crawling out of there for sure. Just go throw it. Just go throw it away. Like a, <laughs> no, like a, I've I've been a ghost for a while, guys. I'm yeah, dude. What the hell? Glad you guys are here. So I, yeah, it's just been we've been busy. We'll talk about. It. We got a BS episode coming up. So if you're listening to this in real time, um, we're gonna have a BS episode from Club Two Hundred coming in a couple weeks. Where we're gonna. That's why we're here, and we're we're pre-recorded because we have a bear camp coming up and just it's always good to be pre-recorded rather than relying on week by week so we're it's gonna be one hell of a good weekend rabbit hunting so 
Hopefully we get some rabbit shot. So. Some, more, some rabbits. Okay. Okay. Vest shout out is by uh, Zach that we met in Ohio from uh, the Grindstone podcast. He said, uh, the vet is from a best friend from childhood, Drake Popular. I don't know how to pronounce that right. When we were young, he wasn't much into hunting. We started getting him into, and he shot his first deer. Then he moved states away. Fast forward, he joins the Army and is in almost 10 years now. Comes home on leave recently, and we went out turkey hunting together. He wants to move home when he gets out in January and get full into hunting. And wants to learn to bow hunt. He's been deployed and lived in other countries more than the last 10 years. More in the last 10 years than he has been in the U.S. So uh, thanks for doing that, Zach. Thanks, Zach. And uh, thank you for your service, Drake. Thank you, Drake. Hopefully you get on them turkeys here. Damn, dude. Shout out to all the veterans. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, Doug, for the veteran shout out. We've been slacking on those. We need to start getting more consistent. I know. But it's just not the same if you're not, if you're not, not reading them that well, you know? If I'm reading them perfectly, it's no fun for anybody. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that. Yeah. It's like, here, we're gonna we're trying to honor you with the veteran shout-out, but we're going to mispronounce it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in. This is kind of a random intro, but uh, you got to get it while the getting's good. Enjoy this episode. Check out the Outfitters Academy with Trey. Um, this is uh, it's the best way to get in the industry, I think, if you truly want to hunt for a living. So a lot of info in this one, a lot of fun. I think they probably wonder why they did the podcast in the first place with us, but uh, we're glad. Nah, they loved it. They loved it. Hope you love it, too. Thank you. Well. <laughs> I'm Chase Ralston with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Kurt Geyer speaking. Doug Schmidt. Jacob Johnson. Jacob's filling in for Eric because Eric's... Um, I don't really know what Eric's doing. Can we make something up? Like, What do you think Eric's doing right now? Mm-hmm. Do you think he's, he's playing Twister at a kid's birthday party? That's what he's doing. That's what he's. That sounds about right. It's really nice. It's really nice. <laughs> um, on on the line on the phone, we have our boy Trey, which everybody knows Trey from our Wyoming camps. Um, the fun story about uh, the horse and the California cowboy <laughs> made you very popular with our show. Trey, how you doing? <laughs> good. You get some good feedback on that. Yeah, I got a funny story about that here in a second. And then uh, Braden is also there with Trey. Braden yep, is one of Trey's guys. What's up, Braden? What's up? And then Franco is also on the line. And Franco is the. Well, damn, what's your title now, Franco? You're like the big dog, aren't you? Oh, I'm just a uh, right hand man. Right hand man. I go by. That's a good thing. There what's up, go. Franco? How are you, buddy? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good to hear you guys. Good, good. Well, so to, to fill everybody in, um, we do our spring Wyoming bear camps with Trey and these guys are an awesome group of dudes. We have a ton of fun with them. Um, we're doing that again here in a couple of weeks. And then next year we're talking about maybe doing a victory drive bear camp out there. That's um, right, dude. It's going to be super sick. And you guys will still be able to do like, you know, we, when we book that out, bow or gun, it's your choice. Um, but it's just going to be a good, good time. And we're going to have fun mm-hmm. out there, but, um, and we're going to dive into all this here. So what we're going to focus on in this one is Trey's Outfitters Academy. And I love the whole concept of the Outfitters Academy. And Trey, I just want you to break down what it is. And then we're going to just tear into you from there. Is that is that cool? Damn, Wyoming. Did you lose him again? <laughs> Are you there, Trey? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. All right, I'm, we're we're Damn continuing back on. Okay, <laughs> we lost, we lost Trey. He uh, does live in the middle of nowhere. That's a mis- we're going to blame it on that. Trey, what I want you to do is just break down what the Outfitters Academy is, and uh, and we're, I, told, I said we're just going to tear India with questions from there. You bet, you bet, Case. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, just kind of why we got started and what it is. So um, it's just we ran into the problem is impossible to find good guides qualified to handle especially these western hunts and horses and stuff i mean we, we can find guys to go out and babysit but like our clientele is i mean we have to produce the way, the way we're selling our hunts our reputation i mean we produce we kill a lot of good stuff and it's getting almost impossible to find them kind of guides that that could produce for you so we started decided to start making our own and it's worked out good we've put a lot of kids through school and um we have guys calling us and we point with others and yeah, so it's it's a good program. Um it's it's seriously if you don't know how to get into the industry, it, it is the best way to get a start in the Well that's one thing industry. when when you told us about it when we were there, because you know, we've heard a lot about it from spending time with you guys in camp. But you know, I'm like, man, if I would have heard about something like this when I was getting ready to get out of high school, that's a hundred percent what I would have done. But I had no like resource, no connection, no, no anything mm-hmm. to that realm and it's kind of a it's kind of a different world here in the midwest i think for guiding i think you can get into it you know maybe if you know the right people but this is an opportunity for a lot of guys even it don't matter how old you are or you know but it's it's a great way to like sign up for outfitters academy come out so so break it down someone signs up they get a hold of you through the um all the contact information we're going to put in the description of this episode or they're interested, like what are what are the steps to get in the Outfitters Academy, and then what do they expect when they get a hold of you? Yeah, so have, they'll just call me, and then um, I'll kind of vet them a little bit on the phone and just talk to them a while and see what, you know, um, see if this is really the direction that they want to go, if they're going to fit for it. You know, like some some might have questions they don't you know don't know for sure what it's like or the pay and, and the industry and just the whole deal. So I'll kind of fill them out there first before they go drop all the money on, on going and then be like, well, yeah, that's not what I wanted to do. How, so, but oh, go ahead. Keep going. Yep. So, um, we do have spots available. So, um, we're going to run, we're starting with our first course this year. We got a couple spots left in it. And then, and then we're going to start booking up that second spot, the second course for the year. Um, it's 15 full days of, I mean, intense, intense schooling. Um, pretty much, pretty much, I'd say thirteen of 
of the 15 days is on the mountain actually doing the work skills. I mean, it's you're pretty much going to be guiding. And um, But no, it's there's really not a better way to learn. And, I mean, you get baptized by fire. It's, <laughs> it's intense. So what's uh? So what are the dates for the school? They're wanting to do it this year. So it's going to be um, July, I believe. And I'm stuff my head is what the nineteenth through I think August third or fourth, and then we're going to go um, August. I don't have the schedule right in front of me. I think the eighth or ninth through the twenty. The twenty third or something. Okay, and then once I want to get into the details of the academy, but when I'm but I want to get through like okay, someone completes the class. What can they expect after? Like what what's the benefit to them after they complete the academy? Gotcha. So we'll either keep them on right on with us and put them right into work. So guiding with right us. right into a job. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, I mean they'll they'll probably earn their wages back first year if they come right on with us and then we have other outfitters calling us that are needing guides too so um we like to say say we're full on our positions whatever we don't you know we only need one position this is just an example we'll probably need more i know we're gonna need more this year um yeah i have other outfitters calling me either in utah and idaho and wyoming um we'll just hook them up with them and put, put i mean they'll go to work right out of school so hmm. they get like certified to be like a certified yeah. guide. Yep, yep. So they'll get their Wyoming guide license with us, and then um, if they want to go through Utah and them other areas through the Outfitters calling. I'll just have them in connection with them, and they can go through the application process of getting certified in them states. Cool. Okay. So then someone they're like, "All right, this sounds awesome." Because I want to I want to tell everybody at home listening. From my and our personal experiences here with WCB, like we're very fortunate and very lucky to like kind of carve out our own area in the media section of the outdoor industry. And I think it's probably one of the toughest portions in the industry to make a career out of because everybody wants to do it. That's what they see mm-hmm. the TVs, they hear the podcasts, they see all yeah. this stuff. So we're very fortunate to do what we do, and it's taken a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice and we pretty much make no money to, to do this. But I think people overlook like, yeah. Okay. Do you want to be, and there's nothing wrong with any of these other trades, but like when you're in high school and you, and you're feeling that pressure on like, and I remember going through this, Hey Kurt, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. I like hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the, the biggest thing too, is like, you always hear the question, like I want to hunt for a living. Like, this is literally the way you get in to hunt for a living. It's the most, in my perspective, it's the most way you can hunt for a living because I think people see Michael Waddell and Mark Drury, you know, and they see the podcasters now that have come on the scene, all these Mm -hmm. shows, and they think they hunt for a living. No, they don't hunt for a living. You just see the part Mm -hmm. where it looks like they're hunting for a living. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I know that guiding is more than just hunting, and we're going to get into that because I've seen the hustle these guys do in Trace Camp firsthand. They're the hardest-working yeah. dudes, I think, on the planet. Um, but to get into a career in hunting, this is the most direct 
way to just step right into it. And then the connections you build Mm -hmm. once you're in it, especially if you're a 19-year-old kid, a 22-year-old kid, dude. It's fucking hard to beat. This is fucking your thing if you love hunting and this is like your goal. Um, Would would you agree with that, Trey? Because you've been in this industry straight out of high school, really, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, you know, like... I see a lot of guys that get in. It's hard to to get in the circles of you know in the top in the industry, and so we're connected with, I mean, pretty much the best and the best in the industry, all the states. You know, I've guided with a lot of like the A3 helped Matt Schinberg out, and Arizona. I've been down to Mexico guiding. I mean, Utah. I mean, just hunting full epic out. I mean, we're just got a lot of connections. Yeah in the circle i mean it's and that's the hardest part to get into and once you get in connection i mean opportunities will just flood to you mm-hmm. like every client mm-hmm. that you guide i mean you do a good job i mean he them clients don't just hunt one state they hunt the next state with different outfitters i mean every client you take just floods you at different connections so i mean yeah to get yes. in the right to get in the head of the industry you got to get in with the right group of guys to make it go anywhere well so if you don't you're i mean you're end up in a camp jack position someplace and you're not going to go anywhere yeah, other you're, than you're kind of playing bitch yeah. just to hope to get an opportunity which sucks but that's just we all know that we all know that yeah. terminology like we're my, all working class my dad called him a gopher he's like yeah you're gonna be my gopher like go for this go for that yeah, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that you gotta start someplace yep. you can't just you can't just go and expect you're gonna get all the gravy all the time that's but, true yeah. it, it is good for you time in, but but if you um you got to learn learn that part of the job too but yeah you'll never helps you, this helps you a ton though with connections as well yeah. well yeah there's intern positions right. that have great connections yep right and that's like pretty much what you would start out as if you think about it but like you know going into this tray like you even think like since we started hunting with you several years ago the people that we've met in your camps and the relationships we've built with the guides in your camp like i talk to franco all the time now like like that stuff and like the relationships that you build with people to share the same passion like you're all there for the same thing and even if you're completely different people you have common interests like it's just you make your best of friends when you're out there doing Mm -hmm. this type of thing it's it's a and people who are into hunting know what i'm saying i'm just i'm over elaborating for no reason but yeah um but but break down, Trey, someone comes to the school, what are they covering? Like, is it just, all right, let's go look for mule deer? Or, like, what's, no, what's the process? I mean, we do a lot. They're going to do a lot of that. You know, and and you could probably agree with this. I mean, if you can learn to hunt high country mule deer in western Wyoming, like, you can pretty much go any direction, you know. So we do spend our main focus, you know, doing kind of mule deer stuff and elk stuff over here in western Wyoming. But, um, so, I mean, they're going to learn everything just from horsemanship. I mean, we're not going to spend, like, a ton of time just on that alone in days. You know, you're just going to be – we'll teach you the basics, and you're going to learn as we go through every day. We'll just help you along. We'll see what you're doing wrong. Little tricks and stuff to improve. But, you know, as far as reading wind, putting stocks, I mean, just deer behavior, elk behavior, bedding grounds, feeding grounds pressure zones where they go with pressure i mean just reading the country navigating i mean it's i mean there's more than i can even list on here talking but 
do you get like CPR certified and all that, like every all the extra stuff you need? Yeah, yeah, you'll get that just because you have to have that to have your guide license. But like most guide schools out there, I, I would say, and Frank would probably agree with me on this. Ninety, probably ninety-nine percent of them, um, you know, they basically train you to be like a packer and a and a wrangler and stuff. They don't really focus and touch on the actual the intense hunting part. Hmm. And you know, that's kind of what our main focus is is on the the hunting end of the thing, the hunting skills. And, is is that because they that. want that, that's where they want them to start as as a packer and stuff, or is that where they want them to like stay? Um, both and like a lot of them, in my opinion, outfits that, that I know that do them. You know, they're they're not in the industry. They're not. I mean, they're in the industry, but they're not like in the top well known. Of killers and killing things and mm. in areas that producing trophy quality stuff, you know, they got good. I mean, they put on good wilderness hunt experiences, but it's it's a different, it's a whole different category than what we're in. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And Braden, you've done this entire academy, haven't you? He kind. I baptized him by fire. I brought him right out of high school. <laughs> I love that <laughs> term. Yeah. I got, I got the I got the long the long way around of a uh, guide school. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Bra- get a little closer to the phone because, Brayden, you're a young guy. You're 20. And yes, sir. So you can speak to a lot of if there's, you know, younger guys listening or guys in high school listening, guys or girls. I mean, you can kind yeah. of attest to this. You know, you're you're in that age gap, mm-hmm. living it. Like, I mean, what what would you be yeah. doing if you weren't a full time guide? I I don't know. Something boring and and not as fun as this. That's for sure. <laughs> so. What do you do? You love your job? Would you say that? Oh, I love it. Yeah, honestly, most of the time. I mean, sometimes it feels it sucks and and it feels like a job, but most of the time I feel like I'm just you know living the dream. So, um, I wouldn't really call it a job. You know. How long have you been guiding for? If you're 20 now, um, it's been like two or three years. About. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. It, it's cool to see you guys because. Red is one of the other guys that came from Wisconsin when he was yeah. what nineteen, like just out of high school. And yep. he came out, did the academy, right, Trey? He did the full course. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he comes through and and he, when he first came, he was he was green as green. Like he didn't even dare walk up and look at a horse. He was so dang scared of him. <laughs> he didn't know which way was up and down. And and now he's he's probably one of my best producing guys. He's. You know he's got the na- good natural instincts of killing and and stuff. Um, he's come a long ways. He's he could go a long ways in it. Yeah, it to me that's the most like his story is really fascinating because he's from the Midwest like we are, Flatlander, Flatlander, and and honestly, I mean you guys might see it this way like we still look at the West as like the, a frontier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a point, you know, like. I didn't do any hunting out west really until I did one hunt before I came out and hunted with you, Trey. But uh, one western hunt in Colorado. But dude, I remember my first time out there. It's everything's so new and so different that that for Red to do that when he was nineteen had to have been so fucking scary. Like and and seemed like such a big risk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was scared at times. <laughs> And sometimes he had me scared too. He'd would be eleven o'clock. He hadn't showed back up to camp yet. Like, I'm wondering where what he's done with my client, you know. But he's always done good, produced, and he just the confidence that has built him as a person, and it 
builds anybody, you know, you just, if you can come out, I mean, you will, you will gain confidence in yourself that you didn't, you know, you had when you're dealing with the elements of this country back here. What, when someone does the academy, what's the biggest challenge you, do you think, or the biggest, like, common challenge that people face? Like, what's one hurdle they have to overcome first? Like, what's the main one? Confidence, probably. Confidence. Confidence is just, like, in the I unknown, mean, just going for things, or? Yeah, it's just the country is intimidating, big, and intimidating, you know, just the confidence of doing it. And, and basically a work ethic. You know, some people, you got to have a strong work ethic. You got you can't just be, like, like hunting to go do it. Like, if you're going to be good at it, you got to be ate up with it, like, to make yourself get up at three o'clock every morning for two months straight and then to bed at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Like you can't just casually like your job, like, mm. like hunting, you know? Yeah. You got, you got to get up with it if you're going to succeed in it all. Dude, you know, I watch, I watch your guys, like I watch red and Braden and Franco get up and like eat, what I love about your crew trace, everybody's got their own, they're all their own people, their yeah. own personalities, but everybody vibes well. But Franco in particular, man, that dude wakes <laughs> up, freaking Michael Jackson kicks, spins, go, goes and gets the horses ready, comes back. Like, dude, I'm just like, how do you have this much energy? But it's great because what, what motivates your client to like get excited for the day, mm. but it's got to motivate, motivate or annoy other, <laughs> other yeah, guides true. in camp. I don't know, Franco, if you can speak from experience there. Uh oh man, that's funny. Uh, no, you just gotta you just gotta keep it uh keep it happening. So um you know to be a successful guide, you really gotta get up early in the morning and uh, be hungry and and want to make it happen because these animals don't obviously kill themselves and you gotta get your hunter in the right position and yeah man, just stay hungry. That's that's my motto. Franco, how long have you been guiding? Uh, I've been guiding for thirteen seasons now. And I started when I was Braden's age. That's awesome. Damn. You're, you're uh, you guys are just hustlers, man. That's and, awesome. And Franco, you've been around the academy, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. No, I've uh, I went to my own academy uh, when I was 19 years old in Montana, and uh, yeah, I was scared to death of my horse when I first got assigned to to my big white horse named Arrow, and it just like pinned its ears back at me and just death glared me, and I was like, oh my god, what did I sign up for? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to be a hunting guide, and I never thought about, you know, using horses and mules in the backcountry, and then when I showed up for guide school, I was like, oh wow, this is a, this is a real deal, and um, yeah, Trey talks about confidence, and yeah, you got to be confident on the mountain, and uh, you got to take charge, and be number one out there, and, and know how to operate, so it's a it's a big mm-hmm. chore to take on. What's one thing you would tell people if they're going to sign up for the academy? Like, what's one like a piece of advice? Um, it's it's a lifestyle, and that's what it is. And I'm a full time hunting guide. Uh, you know, there's some months where I don't make any money, and I'm just spending all my time scouting, kind of banking on, you know, getting those hunters in the fall and and producing um, in those areas that I'm scouting. And um, yeah, you just gotta. Just keep keep at it, I guess. Yeah, it's it's so. it's a grind for sure. I mean, I, we get to see it. If you do any yeah. hunts out there with you guys, you, you see the grind that gets put into it. But but Trey, you know, I mean, like you know, we're emphasizing on how hard this is. You know, like, and I, I think it's good to tell people how hard it is. But 
I also think it's also important, like, you're not going to coddle anybody. I know that, Trey, but they're not going to feel like you're not there to help. I think that's a good point to hit on because, you know, because we've all had, um, we've all had tough jobs or I have anyway. And I know some guys have that have like mm-hmm. done different jobs as an adult, like where you have a mentor, that's a straight dickhead and they're a dickhead to you. Cause so you learn, but they're never like sympathetic to your learning. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. person yeah. sucks to work with and it makes you unmotivated it discourages you. I think it kills your ability to actually gain the confidence you need. And there's there's got to be positive reinforcement even at times when you're screwing up mm-hmm. to learn, right? Because no, 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 exactly. You're right. You know, um, and so that's like it's pretty like hands on, one on one. So like we'll split up into groups like two, and you got your guide. We'll t- all think the guides, you know, different guides that you're going with. So um. Like, they're not going to be just one instructor the whole time. They'll be with different instructors. And, I mean, we're going to be coaching you through every every inch of the way. Like, from heading up the trail, if we see you doing something wrong, like, or we could, you know, we can read situations. Like, hey, you, may, you might want to, like, or don't do that because it'll lead to this. I mean, we're going to coach you every inch of the way. And, um, and you got to be, because we want, we want to produce you to be our guide for us. Like, that's our goal is to make you one of our guides. So like, we're not just going to run you through a course just to run for you to be another guy, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. that ain't going to do us any good. Like we want you to come guide for us. Like we want to be able to employ everybody. And if, if you're not qualified, it, that does us zero good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, you're wasting everybody's time. If you're just going to be a dick. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, the thing is, it's like it's, you're not running basic training. It's not like boot camp. It's it's a it's like a schooling for a going into a job that you're assuming that they love. Like everyone that goes to this guide school, you're assuming that they love hunting. They're already ate up with it. They've already been through the steps of like being like, this is what I want to do. This is what I love to do. So they're, they're there to learn. Yeah, and it makes it for a better environment altogether. I'm sure you haven't had anyone come in and be like, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, that's what you do the phone screens for is like, if they're just calling in and saying like, yeah, I never hunted my life. I don't know anything about it, but this sounded kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The mountains sound fun. Yeah. (laughs) I I watched some videos and it sounds like a good place to be. So (laughs) they got me a hunting guide. That's a good point. You know, that phone, that pre-screening phone call probably gets through a lot of mess. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I've only had two guys, have come through the course, not end up guiding for me or somebody. Really, and that's a that's a pretty guy, that's impressive. Yeah, so the one the one guy is he's actually a he had a hunt book. He's a client, and he's just he more so wanted to just do it so he'd be more prepared for his hunt. Mm-hmm. And oh, he made it, he made it like two weeks, and and he was like, "This is way too tough for me. Like, I'm not going to be a guide, but." I am way better prepared for my hunt now. So he was like happy. He learned a lot, a ton when he come out on his hunt. It was very beneficial to him, but mm-hmm. he was like, go yeah, right. Yeah. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right. Yeah, man. You're, I mean, that's still, I can't, still I can't knock that right? guy. Yeah, yeah. I can't knock that guy at all. It's one of those right. things. And like, even if like, even if you like go through it and you're like, you know, I don't want to be a guide. You are going to be so far ahead in your own personal level of hunting and everything you do, like it's, mm-hmm. it's way worth it. Like you'll be able to go do it yourself out West hunt anywhere in the 
country, you know, by yourself. That's a good point. So it's it's not just for guiding. Like if you want to come out, just get ready for, so you can go do it on your own. It's, it's better than anything there is. Yeah. I never really thought about that, that spin on it because you see on the internet and stuff and on social media, you see a lot of people that are in the industry, you know, like they all have their own little school that they do like online school. Like I know Corey Jacob, uh, Corey Jacobson, yeah. one one. he has his own little mm-hmm. deal that he does his elk university or whatnot yeah. and everything else. And they charge however much they charge. And I never really thought about that spin on going to guide school just to become a better hunter for yourself either. Like that's yeah, pretty like little real, spin on it. It's real life training. Yeah. On the job training rather than yeah, watching watch a bunch of fucking YouTube I've, videos. Yeah. I promise you, it's, it is unmatched. Like, the stuff you will gain. I mean, and Franco could probably attest, like, the stuff that he picked. Like, he was good. Franco was probably one of the best guys I've ever had come in under me and work. Just, you know, as far as just the hunting capability stuff. But I'm sure, and he went through a guide program, but I'm sure he can attest what he's learned and picked up just by coming and working under me and working with me. And so definitely he might have some insight for you. You can ask Franco there. Well, uh, yeah, no, most definitely. So it's a lot of horsemanship working in Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, um, backcountry camps. It's a lot of horsemanship and knowing how to operate those and, um, you know, keeping your safe or your client safe and, um, you safe as well. And your horse safe. There's just so many obstacles all day long. Um, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, Cause you guys have to, not only do you have to be good with horses, but you have to teach these, the clients that you have come in. You also have to teach them horsemanship to a certain extent as well. So they, cause you're not riding Dude, double on a fucking horse. Are you? If, if these guys can make me slightly <laughs> confident on a horse. Yeah. They can make anybody confident <laughs> <Right>. on a horse. <laughs> your boy did not like yeah. horses at all. <laughs> Still don't. <laughs> Still don't really. <laughs> but I like a couple of them. M- Mule, Miyagi. Miyagi did me dirty. <laughs> I know. I keep thinking about that all the time. Yeah, we, we can. We, I'd like to relive that story, but but I mean, trade. I mean, you remember me, man? I was a. For lack of a better term, Chiboy was a pussy when it came to the horses. <laughs> right? Yeah, and like you say, if you're not showing confidence, your hunter's not going to have confidence. You know, like, well, like there's it's it's ten times harder to kill a client a big deer than it is to go kill one for yourself. Like, oh yeah, if you can oh, consistently bet. kill kill client big animals, like for yourself, it's a piece of cake compared to that. So. It's just a whole other. It's like the next level of hunting. The aspects of the challenge. I never thought about that really, because yeah, no, that neither. makes a ton of sense. Because you're you're going out on your own, but then you're you're. I mean, you're kind of you're babysitting. Oh yeah, and it, it, that's maybe not the perfect term to put on it, but you have to make sure. Depends on the hunter. Sometimes. Yeah, well, but you got to make sure always. Like if you have a guy coming in overconfident and he's being dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you got probably gotta worry about that guy a little more. I can ride any horse. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Watch this. Let me lead the way. You know, like. <laughs> well, the thing is too, like, hey, how, easy. How many times have you gotten a client up to the moment of truth, and then they just fucking shank the shot or something else, and then you have to go find another animal, and I don't know. Yeah, that that whole thing, like, it's hard enough because I've been I've been to Idaho twice by myself, and I've only seen 
one bull elk. <laughs> and it's one of those things. It's only it's one of those things where you know I just jumped out there. I'm like I don't know. Let's fucking walk around some mountains and see what happens, kind yeah. of thing. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, find, trying to find one for myself, I couldn't imagine trying to bring someone up in the mountains and doing all that work and everything else and being able to put them in front of an animal that they are happy to hunt and then get after it, get them close enough to take the shot that they said that they're comfortable yeah. with. Cause I've also talked to a bunch of people that shoot a lot of guns and stuff. And I ask them, they're comfortable yardage. And they're like, Oh yeah, whatever X amount, X yardage. Yeah, yeah. Then they get up at the moment of truth and they fucking shank it like four or five times. You're like, shank what the it. fuck dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought you were, I thought you're good out to a thousand. I gave you a 400 yard shot. And you shanked it fucking 10 times. That's too far. Yeah. <laughs> shanked it. No, you're exactly right. Like, and the amount of work and, preparation it takes to kill a 200 inch deer or something i mean as a guide you're putting in two months of hard scouting like hundreds of hours of time putting taking one of these deer and you finally get your client on the moment of truth doing they i mean it's you have to do so much to get your hunter prepared make sure you don't rush it get them set up in the right shot i mean there's so many things to minimize error on that that mm-hmm. can go wrong. I mean, it's it's not it's not just going to find a deer and killing it. That's like the farthest from the truth on it. Like it takes so much. Well, not only that, it's um, like just work. just mm-hmm. the knowledge that your guys have, Trey, on like the lay of the land. Like, just I mean, I got the full full blown experience. You know, I, me and Braden and Devin chasing elk with a bow, and then me and Franco chasing elk with a rifle, and like. Just talking to your guys, even in camp, it's like everybody knows the names of every every draw, every ridge, every mountain, every everything. Like it, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like I I try, you know, I'm I've been there a handful of times, yeah, right, and I'm like I try to keep track, but it'd be it'd be impossible unless you spent every day out there. Then you feel like a real idiot when you get lost out in the flatlands out here or something. You get a little turn around <laughs> like what the fuck. Well, you walk, you walk six, seven hundred yards in any direction. You're gonna hit a field or a road. So, oh, dude, yeah, like, yeah, you, out there, you're not fun. You get in some trouble out in Wyoming. It's oh, different, yeah. you know. It's just a different, different area, and that's why uh, a good guide pays off big because, you know, you can. I mean, for the hunting aspect alone, but from a safety yeah. aspect, it's a whole nother level. Like something happens to you, you gotta know how to get out of there. Oh yeah. And if you got a bad guide, then it makes it even. More problematic. Right. So. <laughs> guys, just this is not good. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm panicking. Like, I'm like, so just out of curiosity, like, where are we? I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> you tell yeah, me. So we're, I, we're I, mountains, I, I don't like blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're bleeding a lot. I'll, I'll do that a lot when I'm knife? on the mountain. I'll ask the client where, all right, which way is camp? And they all point a different direction. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why yeah, you paid me. This is... How good's my tip going to be? Yeah. <laughs> like, how confident are you if we walk in your direction that you pointed? Like, how confident are you uh-huh. if, we, if we if we go your way and we take a go to get to camp? Then you know, do they get a free hunt or dude? How much more do they have to pay if they're wrong? You know, <laughs> yeah. let's bet. Well, it's bet the mountain screw in the country is so big for somebody that's not used to that. It it, it throws off your judgment. It's awkward. It's awkward. Yeah. When you're up in the mountains. Yeah, like, you, you learn, like, just being in the mountains and stuff, you learn how to navigate terrain. And that's a big part of it is being able to just read terrain without being there and how to get places. Like, you don't want to just come off the mountain and 
any old spot getting late, like you get clipped out, ledged out and stuck up there, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. So to, to be able to just read terrain and how to get around and it's huge part. And you learn a lot of that. We'll do a ton of that. Just bushwhacking cross country. Also when it, when nightfall comes, like it's very dark out there. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, it's eerie. <laughs> There's no city lights. No. The, light the light pollution is zero. <laughs> oh it's man. Like, I remember, uh, me and Franco coming off uh, the mountain a couple times in the dark, and my head my headlamp died because I, I had a yeah. chargeable one, then I had a Milwaukee one, and they both died. Oof. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, <laughs> it's dark out here, man. <laughs> but it's uh, I mean, that would have sucked. But by myself, I wouldn't would not get back. Yeah. So I don't know. We hustle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you learn good. your horses know the way. I mean, majority of the time. I'd say 90% of the time you ride at dark without any headlights. I mean, your horses learn the trails before, like, them horses know where they're going. They know they mm. know the vantage point that you need to be on just from scouting as being there so much. I mean, really, them horses oh, know the trails better than you do. I oh, never yeah. thought about that. Bray- Brayton, awesome. I don't know if you said this when we were there um, at Elk Camp last year or if it was I think I think I do. I think I do remember coming out and saying talking about that. But this, I thought it was the smell, like a horse can smell where it and the other horses yeah. have been, and it can smell on the way back how to get back. Hmm. Is that true? Yeah, I think I remember. I I don't know. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times you'll see a horse when they're walking, cruising, just nose down close to the ground. They're sniffing their way back, smelling other horses. See, that's oh shit, it's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, it's it's because we were at that we were at that one spot where the the slide had come through and we had to take a different trail yeah and we were talking about it because my horses took the same trail that we cut off that there wasn't a trail on and came back back to the trail that is where we talk about that that gave me so much confidence that's pretty sick (laughs) like i was like all right if something happens just hop on the horse. Your boy's got his pony. <laughs> he's going to get me back. Me well, you just whisper in his ear. They, they know where they buddy. get their grain at night. Well, oh, yeah. yeah there that's you go. a big thing. But like to put this in perspective for people, like if you want to do this academy, it, it is a great way. Like One, you're going to meet some great people and get in the industry. But if you're wanting to go on a hunt with these guys, too, like that's also an awesome experience. But And, and it's different, too, because we're, we're, our crew is buddies with everybody out here. So... We we get a little we get the same treatment, but like Trey might mess with us because we're his friends that he won't mess with like a client in the no. same way. Like <laughs> yeah, some of the stories you hear. <laughs> yeah, it's because <laughs> it's because we're buddies. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I went, I started, and I'm still nervous around horses. They just they're big, dude. They make they make me nervous. I don't know if I'll ever fully get over. It. Maybe if I was around them for 20 days straight, then yeah, that'd probably break me of it. But well, a horse paralyzed Superman. So yeah, that's the problem. No, fuck, man. It's a problem. Yeah, well, don't forget that. Do we? <laughs> no, never forget. But I just, uh, I'm, I'm more confident in. I'm like, I trust the horse on the mountain, especially on like the switchbacks and stuff. And except for uh, Walter, remember Walter Franco? Oh yeah, I can't forget Walter. <laughs> I named, that wasn't even his name. I just named him. He was a rental horse, I think. And oh, you coined Walter. Well, I can't remember what what made us name him Walter. You remember Franco? I have no idea. I just think it was a good name. He just looked like a Walter, probably. Yeah, Walter <laughs> was just uh, was he a dick. He had his own mannerism, man. No, he wasn't. A, well, was he a dick? He almost became bear bait. He, he almost became bear bait. I, he was a <laughs> he was a rental horse. <laughs> you were about to buy him, shoot him. I was like, hey, how much? How much do you think Trey would be mad if I 
shot this horse and we hauled it out for bear bait. <laughs> I'm like, uh, probably shouldn't do that. But, uh, oh, Walter, actually, I think Walter knew something we didn't because he like just stopped as we're going up this mountain. And I'm like, yeah. my fucking horse won't move. And then in the basin, just a big old bugle rips off. I'm like, oh, maybe it's your boy knew what was going on the whole time. So I, I here's a really nice horse. He's trying to, yeah. yeah he's like, dude, this buddy. guy's been yelling at me all the way up this mountain, <laughs> kicking the like, shit out of me. Your guide is like, riding past all the elk. <laughs> Pretty much what he's telling me. I was like, oh, oh, thank you very much, Walter. I'll give you a treat later. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Trey. We're, so we're about to murder him. <laughs> yeah. You have the ten mil yeah. fucking rack ready to go. Like I'm about to end it. I was like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, there that. Just making sure it was loaded. Okay, yeah. yep. We're it's a good. joke. Yeah. But, just joke, Walter. I'll joke. We, we would have never shot Walter, but um, <laughs> it's funny to joke about. You, but, have, you you only wouldn't have shot him because Trey would have been mad, though. Like, if Trey would have been like, that's yeah, fine. Well, I'm sure there's been things that I'm sure that's been. I don't think Trey would have been like, it's fine. But, but if he did. I don't know. I'd feel too guilty. Would you? Okay, that's good. I'd feel too guilty. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? From, he just carried you to the top of a mountain, like. Yeah, Trey just totally calls your bluff. Like, go ahead and fucking do it. See if you got any. Uh. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh god, I can't fucking kill Walter, dude. What, what, I can't do I this. Live with it. <laughs> Trey just one us me. All right then, yeah. see what you're made of. Yeah, Kurt, pull the fucking trigger, pussy. Kurt. Like, Kurt. Uh, whoa, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Come back. Where are we going here? <laughs> yeah, where are we going? What's happening? <laughs> anyway, we yeah. didn't. We didn't shoot like, the horse. Else, like, think about like i mean how do you what do you every time you go out you learn something new you know that's how you learn is from experience you know 100 percent, yeah mm -hmm. and so like that's the thing about guiding is you're out there every day of the season all season long for multiple seasons like you just learn so much more than the average guy can because i mean the average guy just can't spend that kind of time out there to do yep. it they got a real yeah. job and so like these guys are learning from so much experience, trial and error and everything. Like it's unmatched. They can't learn all this from anywhere else. And, and what? Uh, we should talk about like where they're staying the whole time. Like, because I think that's an important thing to break down. I know mm -hmm. that if they're interested, they'll call you and get this info. But let's talk about like camp, the camp situation a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so we'll probably stay like the first night here at the bunkhouse at the ranch. And teach them a little bit of horsemanship to get them going there. And then from there on out, it'll pretty much be either on the mountain in a pup tent or under the stars or at our base camps there in the Grays River. So, and you've been both them camps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're awesome. So, under the stars, yeah, man. Really just nice, cowboying really nice up. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you will spend a lot of nights just under the stars up there. Trey, how long before somebody in guide school can buy a cowboy hat and wear it on the mountain? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, when, when if I wear my cowboy hat? Yeah, when's the appropriate amount of like due time before they're like, "Hey, look at my hat! I'm a cowboy." When you know how to actually ride a horse, proficient enough. Mm. Okay. What if so, I sh so? So if I show up to guide school with a cowboy hat, what happens to? They're it? not practical. Like <laughs> wear a cowboy hat, guide isn't practical like you can't put your rain hood on if it's raining they get wet and soft and heavy 
Like, you can put a little put a little shower cap on it. No, right? <laughs> put I a mean, cowboy if, shower cap just on it. That on like the middle of the day and stuff is riding. Yeah, it's good to shave your ears or whatever. But like the wind blows, blows them off. Like they're not practical to okay. to ride yeah. in up that country. Figured I'd ask that because I figured that'd be like a badge of honor. Like you get your you get your cowboy hat from Trey when he thinks you earned your cowboy hat. Oh, that'd be pretty dope. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, well, like like Maybe a diploma. It's gonna be a lot. Like you, <laughs> it's, it's not something you just You'll pick up get. and learn over overnight i mean you're gonna you'll be confident enough to go and do it on your own stuff but to, that's a whole different level boys <laughs> yeah yeah well i think the cowboy it, has a lifestyle dude yeah it is i would never wear one no but, um i would <laughs> i mean i would i would never seriously you wear have. one i have i mean yeah you got the dale look though that's a, the mustache earns your cowboy hat but yeah i don't even do shit <laughs> but no trey i do think this is a great opportunity for a lot of people that can find a new career in this hunting industry that might not have known what they wanted to do. And, and, you know, we're kidding around a lot on this too, but this is like a legit thing and Mm -hmm. it really is like a great opportunity. Um, And Trey, I'll put all your contact info in the description of the episode, but if somebody wants to like find more info or just get a hold of you, where can they find you? So they can go to the outfittersacademy.com. I got a website or they can get on my double diamond outfitters website. And then there's a link on that to go to it too cool I, I do have a question about the academy so i know you mentioned that a lot of the guys that you have you plucked them straight out of the school but uh is there like what if like a 30 something year old dude or you know comes in and is like hey you know this is what i want to do i just haven't had the opportunity yet before i listen to this podcast or whatever else like yeah that's perfectly fine too like I mean, it's, it don't matter. Like, and to be honest, sometimes that's better for some older guys, you know, um, them clients, you know, they kind of feel comfortable with a guy that's got a little bit of facial hair, Yeah, you know, <laughs> they look a little more seasoned. Yeah. <laughs> Poor brain. But you got to start somewhere, you know, and like, I mean, you're never too old to start. Yeah. I mean, like you don't have to go just cause you go through this doesn't mean you have to go hunt extreme back country it's, I mean, it's not, it's good for everything. Like you can go, if you want to go do some private land stuff where they guide on side by sides and rangers and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still all applicable for that. Like you're going to learn everything needs to, to be good at that too. Yeah. Yep. You're like, you're schooled in the extremes and then you can do anything downhill from yep. there. Yep. Then you can, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to explain it. Well, it's something and like a lot of, I have a lot of guys ask on like pay and stuff like they want to route you know like obviously you're not going to be making doctor wages you're not going to be <laughs> yeah that's a good thing to cover you're not going to get yeah. rich off it like if you're worried about getting rich do not get an outfitting guiding it's just, it's just not going to happen it's not realistic but if you want to put a price tag on happiness and a way of life like you can't match it it's and so i pay my guides depending at 1200 to 1500 per hunt their five-day hunts that we do ours you know plus they'll make another 750 to 1500 dollars a week in tips so, i mean that's mm. they're making money. Over 2000 to 2000 to 3000 dollars a week you know yeah and for two months you know that's that's kind of the heavy the heavy parts of the season is september october other states you know 
clip through November. And then if they get into like lion hunting, you can carry on in the winter and mm-hmm. bear hunting in the spring. And then summer stuff's kind of your low, which is, it's kind of your most important sometimes, you know, scouting and getting prepared. Um, or we do summer trips and stuff like that. If you can get on the right outfits there that do that kind of pack trips, fishing trips. And then, uh, do you have to live out West, like in Wyoming in order to be a guide or go to guide school and be a guide? Nope. 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 So like, like red, he lives in Wisconsin. He just flies out for the hunting season and, and guides in the fall, you know, does he goes back home the rest of the year. Does does he just do like farm work at home when he's at home or does he not, does he just vacation? He does like construction, like Hmm. I think carpentry work with his dad. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then he comes out here and guides in the fall and puts a big chunk of coin in his pocket. And, so he doesn't yeah. lose his calluses on his hands. It all. Yeah, he's a man. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Soft hands. Well, I think <laughs> it's a good opportunity, Trey. I appreciate you bringing this to our audience because I think there is going to be a handful of guys that benefit from an opportunity like this. It's a great opportunity. I mean, it's like, like you said, if I was a little younger, I don't know. Anything else, honestly, because like we just talked, you don't have to be super young, but it's one of those things. Like, if I would have known about this, and I, maybe I would have changed my career path a little bit earlier on, but it's one of those dude, things. Midlife like, crisis, awesome, man. Dude. It's get, real. You just get divorced, dude. Fuck be a guy. Your wife's a bitch. You're just trying to get out for a bit. I'm 31 years <laughs> old. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life, dude? What's hey, going on here? It'd be a good way, even if you didn't want to be a guy, to kind of just get away and learn some new stuff. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, don't think I'm sure. tough enough. How much does the guide school cost? Is that out there? So it's twelve five, which sounds like a lot, you know, but that's that's literally basically one guided hunt nowadays. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, what you're going to learn to be able to, for the rest of your life, to be able to go do it yourself on okay. the, I mean, it pays for itself. And just your first year in guiding, you would pay that off. Like, well, I don't know any other college school that you can, Go out and get your degree and pay off your shit. Yeah, like and, and go right on right into the workforce and make pay it off. You're like, Dude, so not, I mean, nothing it, but the trees. It seems like a lot, but it. it's not. Yeah, yeah still paying <laughs> for that. Still yeah. for <laughs> oh, dude. Well, you know, you're you, a fucking engineer. I really think by the time, you know, my kids are old, old like college age. I don't think. I don't know. I'm not going to be like, hey, go to college. There's so much opportunity right now. If you, oh, if you, dude. If you have a work ethic and you're willing to work and you want to do this Outfitters Academy or if you want to go into the trades, if, if you have any ounce of work ethic and what you're passionate about, you're going to do just fine. Yeah. That's the number one thing. Work ethic. Because most and, people don't want to work, dude. Yeah. Be, having a good work ethic and being a hard worker and just being a little bit a little bit of a hard nose takes you a long way. Brayden, I got a question for you, man. And this might... Uh, don't call anybody out by name. But you're 20. How? I mean, you're also in Wyoming, though. Too, it's a little different than what it'd be like out here. What? What? What percentage of your friends would you say are lazy? Or not? Not your (laughs) friends. Not your friends. Not your friends. People People your age that you know that you like went to school with or know of. Not your friends, but yeah. Um, you know, there's probably at least 60% of people are, are lazy and they just want to, they just want to get out like the easy way, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not like they just sit around doing nothing, but they just, they just want to do as little as possible. But yeah, I'd say like 60%. That's fair. <laughs> I've, it's such yeah. a weird way. I asked that question. I apologize yeah. for that, but it's <laughs> just, uh, 
I don't know, man. But but also too, I remember being seventeen. I didn't want to go to work, man. Yeah, that's true. I wanted to I party know, and hang out with girls. Yeah. yeah. I joined the army at 17, so it was a little different for me. But. See, that's see, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, not crazy. It's crazy awesome. Well, yeah. but um, I don't know. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. But also, but, hey, when you when you have your Tinder profile and everything, you put like hunting guide down there, and all the girls love that. So that's, yeah. that's what works for me. You dog. Hey. Hey. Dude, there's dudes signing up. <laughs> Brady's got that yeah. dog in him, and, and it does. It does yeah, a really weed, does a weed game. Yeah. What's the? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on mine. Just see what happens. Hunting guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Braden, what's the tender quality like in Wyoming? It's 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 poor. It's poor. <laughs> <laughs> There's like two I girls to, in your, ra- in your set, radius. <laughs> I have to set my age range from like 18 to 45, and then my mile radius is like. My my mile radius is like two hundred plus. And yeah, it's got to be like oh, the shit. most <laughs> two hundred plus. There's like five girls still. Must be willing to move. Yeah, <laughs> Braden, how would your mom feel if you brought home a forty five year old woman for dinner? Uh, she would she would she would never know about that. <laughs> you <laughs> so died. You brought her home to dinner. Well, yeah, I'd have to take her out to dinner. I wouldn't. I would not bring her home. Oh dinner. my what, god! What, what is boss? I want to say. Well, so we had we were on the phone with this old outfitter guy today. He's he's funny as heck. And we were talking about this biologist gal that he can't stand. And he's like, what do women and dog shit have in common with each other? <laughs> like, what? He says, they both get easier to pick up with age. <laughs> <laughs> the older they are, the easier they are to pick up. That's, That's awesome. Take notes, Brayden. <laughs> and they turn gray. <laughs> the white dog shit. Yeah, they, they turn gray. They, they get more white in color. <laughs> Franco, what's what's your Tinder situation like? Are you got yourself a little lady locked down, or what's up, man? Let's get let the people know what's what's it like. Oh, just single as can be, living in the woods. Uh, bought a mule a couple weeks ago, so I got a got a new girlfriend that's a mule. Her name's Roxy. Damn, Damn she, she sounds hot, dude. That's awesome. Roxy, <laughs> she rides me right up the mountains. I love it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> She'll always be good, dear. Yep. Always be good, dear. Talk pack. How's Miyagi doing, Trey? He's doing great. Just fat and out there eating hay in about two feet of snow right now. Yeah, oh, man. Wyoming, you guys are tough out there. Yeah. Snow. Well, I, I do love Miyagi, but we uh me and Franco got annoyed at them a little bit, but he's a good he's a good guy. Oh yeah, Wyoming got really <laughs> fucked up with this winter, didn't they? Wyoming yeah. always gets it. Back. Yeah, but like this year specifically, they, they didn't they have to push back the mule deer? hunts or something uh, or didn't they have to change the dates they're cutting some days on the season a little bit take mm-hmm. a week off the season yeah they're gonna i mean they gotta adjust for sure it's, it's gonna knock us down a little bit this way yeah mm. yeah it sounded like the winter was brutal this year you guys always get it though Every, don't you trey yeah we always get it just thing is this winter just never let off like i still got two and a half to three feet of snow in my yard right now Dude. Normally it's about it's about better right now. I love snow, but that's too much. I don't like it that much, man. No. That's a lot. It's uh, it was All like right. seventy five degrees here today, guys. I have I haven't seen bare ground in my yard since probably November fifteenth ish. Jeez, it's a tundra, man. <laughs> Mountainous tundra. That's cool, that though. Sense. Good for you. Well, I appreciate you guys calling in to do this. I hope this gets a few people to like realize what you guys got going on out there and sign up. And 
Um, as always, appreciate you guys so much and what you've done for us and really just bring us into new adventure. You guys really have like our, the entire WCB crew, you guys have opened up, um, he, like the, going back the windows of opportunity and connections and experience. Mm-hmm. You guys are a major part in that. So we thank you guys for that. Yeah, no, appreciate you guys. You guys have been awesome to hunt with and just the friendship's been great. We're looking forward to spending more camps, man. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be a little jealous of Doug and Eric. Yeah, I'll this- be I'll be seeing you boys soon. <laughs> yes, sir. We're looking forward to it. You tell that snow to fuck off for me. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it there when I get there. Yeah, you, you're going to bring your snowshoes. <laughs> ah, damn it. <laughs> you may be pulling them out of dens. <laughs> Knock the bears oh, down, yeah. Doug. Knock the ba- Doug, don't be on Tinder. In the mountains yeah. on your phone, and you won't miss the bears like you did last time. No, son of a bitch. Gotta be kidding me. <laughs> sour Patch Kids. Yeah, he's eating Sour Patch. <laughs> Doug got caught by a bear. Dude, I put the Sour Patch Kids <laughs> in, the, and the bear loved it. Dude, you should yeah. do that. Bring a I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got a That's video. Awesome. Me and Franco did it. You oh, hate. I didn't know that. I want the porcupine <laughs> in the fucking barrel. <laughs> yeah, it's the lucky Sour Patches. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You fed a pork pine? Hey. There's a it's in the barrel. Bring put, the watermelon hey. sour patch kids next time you go out there. That was Papa Dave's favorite mountain snack. Oh, there we go. Watermelon All right. sour patch kids. Luck. Papa Dave's gonna Brayden, we were eating those with Devin, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Yeah. yeah. We got close, but I'm gonna bring a bunch of different snacks, see what they like. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Give them some options. All right, boys, where can they find you guys? Uh Trey, all your contact, any you know you're not big on the Instagrams. I don't have Instagram anymore. No, oh, I just started so. following you. <laughs> People spying yeah, just, on you? Well, yeah, I just don't post. And I just, you know how it is. This long winter, you, you get bored and pretty soon you just sit there on your phone all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have me sitting there. I feel good stuff. about being human doing that. So. Braden, where can people find you? Do you want people to know where your Instagram's at? Sure. I mean, I don't post on there either, but um, my Instagram <laughs> Andrew's Bray. <laughs> okay. Sick. Franco, you post. Sick. Yeah, totally. Uh, follow me at Franco.Simone underscore. Just plain and simple. And um, yeah, I uh, I post about what I'm doing all the time and uh, would love to stay in contact with people interested. So. See, Franco's nice. a star child there, Trey, because he cares about the outside world outside of Wyoming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's going to get people coming to he you guys. To get clients in. <laughs> yeah, he's getting the clients in. <laughs> <laughs> Trey's over there. He's like, fuck you guys. Writing letters with a typewriter and <laughs> sending them with doves. <laughs> <laughs> I think Trey's more of a raven. Barely. I got an iPhone 13. So. Oh, wow. shit. But you're still but mailed no by the Pony Express. Yeah, you still got Snake on there? <laughs> yeah. The Is that the newest one? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're killing it, Trey. We're just giving you shit, buddy. Yeah. Well, well all right, guys. We I'm, appreciate it yeah, so much. <laughs> you guys are fun. You guys are the most cowboy people I know, man, and I appreciate every every single thing about it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you bet. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out the Outfitter Academy with Trey and this the boys. Good. It does sound good. Outfitters Academy. Get on there. Get yourself an education. Get yourself a job in something you're passionate about. Um, and if you're just curious about more questions, hit Trey up. Um, he'll, he'll basically cover everything you need. So thanks for tuning in. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. Peace. Peace.